Real quick, ladies and gentlemen, uh, bef- I, I, I'm assuming we're going to play this right now, right before we get started. But uh, if you're sensitive to uh, some <laughs> anger, uh, I'd, I'd avoid this episode because uh, we we feel some emotions during this recording. And uh, please note that uh, if you really like this episode, you might not like this one. But hey, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be angry. Well said. Yeah. And also, if you want to hear me scream and shout about this episode, please listen on through. Angry Tyler comes back. I, I'm really bringing the get off my lawn angry old man vibes. So I hope you all enjoy. The following is paid for by citizens to elect Corey, which so far is just me. Welcome back, good-looking people. It's election week here on Dad's Meat World, where we are promising to give you everything you want. It's give the people what they want week. And as dad number one, Brett, this week, I'm going to tell you that everything you want is coming from dad number two this week. Oh, shoot. Uh, I will give you more podcasts if you give us money. Okay, that sounds exactly like the United States government works. Give us money and we'll give you something that you could have gotten for free. (laughs) We'll give you podcasts every single day. If you give us money, podcasts will be about five minutes long. (laughs) Uh, So, Tyler, how's it how's it going this week for you? You know what, Brett? It's not going half bad. Uh, we, you know, we our our life is kind of in chaos. It's a bit of a mess uh, due to, well, actually, today uh, as of release uh, is officially our uh, second child's second birthday. Um, mm-hmm. So for us, it's kind of an emotional day. Um, so if anyone wants to say anything nice on social medias, that'd be really helpful. Um, just knowing that there's some love out there for us because um, it's not not a fun day. Uh, so I'm going to be spending most of my day trying to just bring some joy. I may chop down a tree. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, this past Sunday, uh, we ended up going to a church that's not our church. And um, it was nice. They were kind of in chaos and we're kind of in chaos. We showed up late. But it just felt like we were really welcomed. And so for for us to kind of run into other chaos and to chaos to recognize chaos, it was like, <laughs> hey, we're not crazy. <laughs> Maybe we just haven't found our people. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you got to you got to step in and find people that are also you know Mm -hmm. similar to you so brett uh how are things and what's going on with you uh things are good here uh wrapping up school and uh actually this past weekend took in some theater up in cleveland at playhouse square and uh, you know we've got uh some uh we've got some season tickets that were bequeathed as uh as a parting gift for uh, to our daughter from kelly's mom as part of her estate and uh took in uh technically part of the off-broadway production uh turned in some tickets and uh for a show that we weren't interested in seeing that was part of the package. And we saw a production of Dear Evan Hansen. And uh, I, I, I've been familiar with the what the show is, what it's about uh, since its inception. Never went and saw the movie when it came out. Never had seen it uh, produced before. And uh, very impressed with the stage design. They did a lot of really interesting work incorporating... Uh, social media feeds, very uh, specific lighting design, very minimalist design of the set. Um, hot take, Evan Hansen is quite the villain. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, I, I say, I've never seen the show and or the movie that came out. All I knew is I sat there and I went, why is there that 30 year old in that movie? <laughs> He's definitely too old for this. But yeah. Um, yeah. Hot, hot take. Uh, it's, it's a very well put together show, very emotionally manipulative show. And for my two cents worth, um, 
Evan Hansen as a character, yes, deals with social anxiety and yes, comes from a broken home, but um, does a lot of damage and does not deal, does not get dealt true justice that he should have to deal with. Yep. But uh, but it's high up on, on Toby's list of uh, favorite musicals, so he was very excited to see it. So that, uh, that gave us a lot of good discussion on the way home, so that was good. Well, uh, okay, just real quick. I, as you and I both know, and I'm going to say for all of us, as a dad and also just as a person, I fully support and I'm happy about people getting to know the things that make their brains and their emotions tick and understanding the things that get in your way. With that said, those limitations cannot be the thing that always will define you and you have to find a way to cope with them within this world. So just because someone says on the spectrum does not mean they're justified for every single action they do. Like you have to still find a way to continue to be a part of society and to be a positive influence in society. Mm hmm. And just because you might not understand something doesn't mean that you cannot still be a good influence in and also learn more as you go along. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I'm a firm believer in understanding your limitations, but don't let your limitations limit you as a person. Well said. <laughs> yes. So with that said, Brett, I think it's time for us to uh, crack open that old crisp. <laughs> 20 flavors of Dr. Pepper and not a sponsor yet to get a sponsor. <laughs> get into this episode. All right. So tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever you are listening, we are looking at the 14th episode <laughs> of season two. I am midnight. Not, I am not a crook. Yes. If you're listening at midnight, bless you. Uh, you potentially are someone working overnight and I, I, I respect you if you are. I am not a crook. Uh, this episode, Corey is struggling to fit in at school, so he decides to run for class president. The campaign goes well until Corey makes some promises he can't keep to gain popularity. This episode was written by Steve Young, directed by David Trainer, originally aired January 13th, 1995, and currently enjoys a 7.2 rating on IMDb. Now, Tyler, last week's episode, uh, Cyrano had a 22.1 rating uh, in the Nielsen's. Where do you think this episode sat with Nielsen its premiere week? I'm going to go with 14.4. You think it was that big of a drop? Why not? Well, you're off by about 4 million. 18.7. Nice. So it, it was a drop, but only by only by about four million. So only about three million, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you never know. There could be an event going on, or it's the nineties. Car chases happen <laughs> nowadays. So Hopefully. who's to say what's going on? Hopefully not on a Friday night. I don't remember January ninety-five. But anyway, yes, 18.7 million people tuned in to watch Corey run for class president. Now, mm -hmm. we open up in the halls of John Adams High. Sean is trying to help Corey find a club to join. Uh, we go through football, modern dance, drama club. Corey's got a reason for not joining any of them. And he's just distraught, distraught because there's no club for regular guys. And even if there was, he probably wouldn't get into it. Um, <laughs> do you ever feel like this when you were in middle school? <laughs> this is a episode where Corey has to throw a pity party for Corey. And <laughs> it is. Sean is just trying to be a good friend and encourage him and help him. And Corey's kind of the villain this episode, if you will. Like, oh, yeah. Corey doesn't really do anything of worth until the end. Like Corey kind of gets a little too high and mighty for himself. And even as Sean's trying to help him figure out what he wants to do slash the two of them together to do, he's like, you know, just being a negative Nancy. Mm -hmm. 
Well, anyway, the boys uh, go into class where Mr. Turner is... Uh, He's, he's uh, reading through an announcement fresh off the presses that uh, they're holding elections for next year's eighth grade class president, which uh, later on in the episode, Mr. Feeney seems to act as not seems to Mr. Feeney flat out talks to Mr. Turner as though this is Mr. Turner's experiment. But this plays out in this scene as though this is something that's been longstanding and student government happens in most schools year after year after year. So how is the groovy new teacher just now bringing this experiment to John Adams High? Well, if it's a case of because eighth grade is a part of middle school, so electing middle school representation could be a groovy new idea. Well, it's possible because uh, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like from my middle school days, there was a middle school like council, but it was like teachers selected the students to be in that. And then once you were in ninth grade, then you could elect your own people. Mm-hmm. It, was, it also was probably like a volunteer, like who would like to help with dances. You get to be a part of this grouping as well. So. I don't know. Maybe this is why Mr. Feeney had to hang the posters for the turnaround dance. There's no student government in middle school. Maybe. Maybe there is no student government so far. And so a groovy new idea is a student (laughs) body president. Look at us solving all the the problems that the writers behind the scenes didn't think to include a line of dialogue in about – yeah, or they just thought it'd be funny if Mr. Feeney was hanging a poster. Yeah. As a Turner. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they need nominations for president. Alvin wants to be nominated, but you can't nominate yourself. He wants Topanga to nominate him, but she finds him gross. Yeah, he's a nerd and he's gross. <laughs> I, I, f- I bet you like he likes magic and D&D. <laughs> gross. Yes, he probably does. And yet, here we are 30 years later, and magic and D&D are are quite cool, and nerds are in. I love that. One of the most famous actors was in a movie called Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, which sadly did not perform very well at the box office, so it probably won't get a sequel. But everything I've heard is it is much better than it should be. It's on our <laughs> yeah. list of things to watch as a family because we're like, hey, this looks interesting. We mm-hmm. should check this out. <laughs> well, Sean decides that this is perfect for Corey because he he already told him it's exactly what Corey's looking for. But Corey's already nominated Alvin, and but Sean. Takes it upon himself to nominate Corey. So I, I pulled Corey's a response here. The great state of Sean nominates a people's choice. Corey Matthews. No! No, he's not going to settle for second-rate leadership. <laughs> Matthews, you've been nominated. Do you accept? No way! No way would he turn down the chance to serve his fellow students. What are you, his handler? Yes, I am. No, he's not. Look, I don't know anything about being president, okay? I wouldn't have a clue. I'm not somebody special. I'm just an average guy like all of you. The simple, hard-working... Students who struggle day after day with too much homework, unfair teachers, and an antiquated justice system that relies too much on detention. And if elected, if I win and you guys vote for me, I would say to each and every one of you, hey, thanks! This is about as honest, loyal, and decent as Corey is through the whole campaign. But I like it. I, I like that Corey is going from, I'm really not fit for this to, you know what, maybe I could be. And that this, he's still in the early stages of, okay, maybe this is something I could do. Well, yeah. one of my problems with politics, Brett, <laughs> is there's too much of like people that made it their career to be a politician. Well, preach to and the if choir. I'm like, yes. The founding fathers, what they really wanted was for nothing to ever change. No, what they really wanted was for people to just serve and be like, hey, we will come together. We will do this thing. Our people will nominate us. We will serve for a little bit and then we'll go back to our things. 
We come, mm-hmm. we make some laws, we we let other people that make the laws. Where we have people that are literally Brett, they have no idea what Twitter is. They have no idea what Facebook really does. So how can they make laws on the things they cannot comprehend? <laughs> they can't. So when people go, well, you know, things are legal until it's no longer legal. Well, they can't make laws to say this thing is now illegal because they can't keep up with it. And that's going to be the hopefully only soapbox I bring up right now. But yeah, Corey tries to act like he is a man of the people, and pretty quickly that all goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Preaching to the choir there. Uh, it, political service should be just that service. It should not be a career option. But uh, I'm going to try and keep my soapboxes short and limited too. So Corey and Sean decide to brainstorm some ideas, and Sean. As 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 dirty as it feels, I do find some perverse enjoyment in Sean's uh, role as the handler. That's why we have to take your message from the lunchrooms to the bathrooms, from the halls to the stalls. We have to tell everybody who you are. And who he is is nobody. I'm going to put together a campaign like this school's never seen. An unstoppable tidal wave, gathering snow, blazing through the sky, crushing everything in its beak. You're getting off on this, aren't you? I gotta say, I am. And that's all you need to know about Sean. (laughs) Right, but Sean has a goal. His goal is to get his buddy elected. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when Sean actually has something he's striving to do. He will stop at nothing to do it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this is the potential that Feeney has always seen in him. And if he actually were to push forward and do these things, he could have things like good grades. Yes. But he doesn't. If he puts his mind to it, he can accomplish literally anything. Yes. So can we just... Let's just skip the mirage, Brett. Let's just both agree for a moment that Corey and Sean start coming up with these campaign promises and this whole story of who Corey is in this commercial. And none of it's true. All of it's just malarkey. And at the end of the day, Brett, we'd all be so much better off if we just agree that Corey is a politician, a.k.a. Corey's not a good person this episode. I think we can agree on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's like uh, the script of it is Corey's eating pizza. Why? Because his parents are dead. Corey does whatever he feels like. <laughs> yeah, there are so many, so many things that go wrong so quickly he's very quick to kill off his parents to because their research shows that parents are not cool okay what seventh grader is going to think parents are cool and that what what polling did he do (laughs) it was sean asking 12 girls at lunch if parents were cool or not yeah, and if he's elected, they they'll sir they'll find them living with the bears in the Oregon wilderness, and what really starts to snowball because it's it's one thing to really start to work on his backstory and mess with that because I mean anyone who knows Corey has probably seen his dad working at the Market Giant. Or maybe, yeah. maybe their parents have bought a painting or a house from his mom. Who knows? Her face might be plastered around uh, South Philly or East Philly, wherever they are, since she's selling houses this season. But what really, really starts to send this downhill is when Sean promises this kid, Alex, that... Um, if he wants Feeney gone, Corey can make it happen. And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's for, for good looking people. That's the kid that when Feeney's walking by, he says, if you don't turn it in, you'll get a G as in G. If I had only done my work on time, I wouldn't be the only 40 year old in seventh grade. <laughs> By the way, Alex is played by Brandon Adams. Only time we see him on Boy Meets World. 
but he has 37 acting credits on his resume. He was in Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal music video early in his career. He also appeared on Quantum Leap, A Different World. He was in The Mighty Ducks in D2 as Jesse Hall. He was in The Sandlot as Kenny DeNunez, also in Sister Sister, Moesha, and more. I mean, this, this guy's got a good good record. I really yeah. wish he wasn't just a throwaway character in this, because he's got a good resume. Yeah, that's another character from The Sandlot. I'm just saying. I know. Patreon. <laughs> we, we could have had, and by the time the series is over, we may have I'm I'm glancing through towards season seven. By the time the series is over, we may have collected almost the entire main cast. <laughs> There's at least one more that comes up next season. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will say that the only real interaction we get with Eric is very brief. This episode, he doesn't have his own plot. It's just the Corey show this season this episode. Yeah, and there's others. I clipped the two instances we have with Corey. One. With Eric, one is when they're they're filming the commercial. Yes, please, we we need to hear this. You know, Cor, I was just sitting here thinking, what makes my little brother special? What sets him apart from the other seventh grade candidates? Is it his allergy to scallops? <laughs> Eric, is it his Scooby Doo thermos? Where'd you find that? No, I think it's his fuzzy bunny pajamas. <laughs> I've been wearing these for years. I swear. Boinky boinky boinky. boinky. Leave it to why, why, why would you include your big brother in your campaign commercial? I mean, that's just that's just asking for for trouble right there. (laughs) I okay, just throwing this out there is a small pitch. All they needed was just an image of Eric holding up his thumb and being like, vote for my little brother, and that's all you needed. Mm hmm. And who knows? I don't know. uh, Sean may have handed him a script, and this is completely off script. But knowing Sean, we never see the finished commercial. We just see him filming it. Who knows what made it in yeah. the final cut? <laughs> who knows well, when they're even going to run it? How, how long was Eric holding on to these things just to embarrass him? That's also what I want to know. Yeah, really. <laughs> but these the campaign promises are really what what. I want to focus in on because the promise to get Feeney out of out. We walk into the cafeteria where I have no clue what point in the day they're able to gather in the cafeteria just wandering around. But Alvin is holding his own little stump session where it's like they're having competing rallies out of nowhere. I know. But Alvin is promising that if they pay students for te- or they pay teachers for teaching, they should pay students for learning. And he wants to rule out having homework being assigned. Now, I don't know how it is in any of your school systems at home. Good looking people. Tyler, I don't know how it is in your school systems out there. I do know in our school system here that they do try to limit the amount of actual homework. They do build in periods in the classrooms where they are given options to finish their classwork so they don't have it to bring home. I do know in the 90s that there was there were chunks of homework that were sent home for a lot of classes. So I can understand why that promise might have been floated around by Alvin, but you've got Corey, prom- well, Sean promising for Corey to get rid of the president, the president, <laughs> the principal. In what part of dis- Sean's diseased mind can the eighth grade class president get rid of the principal? I don't know. Alvin's promising to get rid of homework and pay students for showing up. And then Corey gets up with his own proposal to do away with Thursday and Friday as school days, make Monday optional. So you've effectively got a two-day school week for Corey's plan. These are some pretty outrageous campaign promises from a campaign that's been running for maybe three days at this point. (laughs) For eighth grade class president. (laughs) Yeah, and this is the thing that gets kind of annoying about this episode is like the amount of promises and the ridiculousness of all these promises and 
none of them could potentially be achieved and just teachers being like yeah it's fine let them let them do this i was like yeah what's the point and i did find it interesting because this is really the only the, the first time in the episode that we're given a window into that this is turner's assignment up to this point we're not told that this is turner's project when do you step in and teach them the democratic process matthews wins tuesday (laughs) mr turner all i'm hearing from your literal election are ridiculous promises and character assassination too much like the real thing george yes but don't we aspire for their generation to do better yeah we do but we can't just tell them what to do they have to learn for themselves so you believe in letting them make their own mistakes? Yeah, I do. I don't think that's a bad way to go. Nor I. In fact, I have that philosophy toward a certain young teacher that I know. <laughs> what, you mean me? I was going to say, this part of my problem, I think, with this episode is it's, it is too much like real politics in that mm-hmm. you watch as the, especially the presidential race can amps up and just the promises that are made and... And then the moment someone gets elected, people are like, well, they've not done any of the things they promised. And it's like, well, most of the things they promised are really hard to accomplish if, you know, the people who are supposed to write laws don't write laws and those people can't agree upon anything. So our process is, you know, complicated. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is that it's almost designed that way at this point and don't get on a soapbox tyler just don't do it (laughs) yeah and uh, it could have been better written in the sense that if this was a, a project of turner's if he would have had any nominees instructed as to what they should be doing not just giving them free reign to do what they see in real life because a seventh grader observing the political process especially 30 years ago now granted a seventh grader now is more savvy as to what they can and can't find but even a seventh grader now does still have limitations on what the critical thinking skills their brain has been able to develop yet. A seventh grader 30 years ago did still have limitations and less access. So Turner would have been better written here to have the project under his care and to take all the nominees in the field and shown to have instructed them on at least some basic guardrails because Feeney's right character assassination outrageous promises that's it there's nothing here about true democratic process and what is actually expected of an eighth grade class president and what they can and can't do yeah well and i'll just also say that like when I was in school and we would do these class presidents. It was always just as simple as, oh, these are the people that are running. Oh, they're giving a speech right now. Okay. Oh, now I have to go vote. These are the choices. Okay. I'll go with this person. Like I, I've never seen two people get up and start arguing with each other and, you know, trying to one amp each other. Like, it really is just like a, hey, if you elect me, I'll represent our class well. But remember, That's it. it's not. That's a, exactly what this is. It's not a popularity contest, but really, this episode says it is. Who, yeah. who can promise the best is the most popular. But speaking of character assassinations, we're introduced to uh, Alvin's secret skeletons in the closet, Paula Kelly. Who's yes. Played by Shay Astar, uh, first of two appearances on Boy Meets World. She'll show up again later this season. 39 acting credits to her uh, name. 
Ernest Scared Stupid, Star Trek The Next Generation, ER, Cold Case, The Event, Shameless. The biggest role you might have seen her from, good-looking people? She was August on Third Rock from the Sun, girlfriend of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Uh, she hasn't really been seen on screen since uh, about 2017 in a video short. But Interesting. Alvin brings her out, and she reveals that when... when uh, Sean was eight years old. He wrote on her binder that all girls are icky. And this leads the crowd to demand that Corey fire his best friend and campaign manager. And well, Corey is uh, following the mantra of give the people what they want. So guess what? He gives the people what they want. Yeah. And. Again, we know that these things happen politically all the time. The amount of times you will go through different campaign managers and the different type of people they have no choice but to fire. It's just one of those annoying things to get us through the episode. So that way we could have later on, spoiler alert, Eric or uh, Sean and Corey in the debate and their friendship is on the line. And <sighs> and. Uh, there, there was this, there was a fun moment when, uh, when everyone left and it was just Corey and Sean talking. We, 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 <laughs> Sean, you're squealing. Yeah, I'm squealing. That's the sound you make when your best friend takes a gun and stabs you in the back right in front of your eyes. Look, I just did what you told me to. I gave the people what they wanted. And honestly, he did as, as dumb and as dirty as it is he did exactly what his handler told him to he gave them what he what they wanted this is just yep. turned into a popularity contest for whoever can get the most votes to ever get the the first two the majority votes wins and mm -hmm. it's it's kind of funny because Corey doesn't see the disconnect he thinks sean's still on his side but not sean walks away if i met you just this minute i wouldn't know who you were which at the same time as being incredibly dumb, there's a little bit of, of insight there. <laughs> and then we see Eric come back in the frame for the only other time that we'll see him. And he's, he's razzing Corey about, uh, uh, about dumping his best friend just for votes, just for a popularity contest. And, and Corey's trying to fight back because he's just Joe rugby shirt and Mr. Good hair. And, and, you know, Eric's like, yeah, come on, come on, stop. But really, he wants more compliments. Corey thinks, seems to think that getting elected eighth grade president, eighth grade class president is going to turn the tables on popularity and that people are going to think, hey, who's who's that with Corey? Who's giving Corey the ride? But really, mm -hmm. from Eric's perspective, it's more like, who's the guy with photos of little Corey running naked through the sprinkler? <laughs> Eric, big deal. I was four. You were 12. <laughs> it was refreshing. An eighth grade class president election is not going to change anything for Corey other than give him an after school project. Yes, but as you're missing the most important element to this, Brett. Episode as an episode. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. I do like the advice that eric essentially gives which is hey you're being rude to your best friend and for what nothing exactly you dump your best friend for to be popular with people that you don't know mm -hmm. yeah. i like that we get to uh the matthew house brett and we have a nice interaction with Corey and Alan finally. We do. I really like how Alan comes down. Corey's up late, right, working on his speech for the next day, and Alan comes down and gives him some counseling, and, and I want to listen in on that. Dad, it's just to get elected. I mean, once I win, then I'll do the real stuff. You know, clean up the graffiti, get better food in the cafeteria, just be an all-around voice for the students. Well, that sounds pretty good. Why don't you put some of that stuff in here? Because it's boring, and nobody votes for boring. I mean, they want to hear what you're going to give them. Even if that's not really what you're going to give them? Dad, you don't sound like you're behind me on this. Corey, I'm always behind you. I'm just not sure I'm behind what you're saying here. I'm just trying to win. Why is that so important? 
so I can be president. Why do you want to be president? Because then I'll finally fit in and be the person I want to be. Who do you want to be? Corey Matthews. Honest, loyal, decent. <laughs> Honest to the voters, loyal to your best friend, and decent enough to kill off your parents. And that right there is all you need to know about everything. Corey's motivation, Alan taking him down one bullet point at a time and letting him know, look, I'm I'm always behind you. I'm just not on board with what you what you're selling here. Right. It's almost like he can't endorse what Corey's doing right this mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's possible to love someone and support someone and not support and, and endorse what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, there's no way around it. And I, I do think that Alan is being supportive, but he's also being direct in be who you are. Don't try to be what people want you to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, Corey has had this struggle all year round of who am I? Where do I fit in? And he's a geek. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's, I was going to say it, Brett. Season has the season. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And honestly, it's something that a lot of adolescents go through day in and day out. And. You know, it's something that we as humans get used to seeing, and it's kind of different with seeing it on a screen in front of us episode after episode after episode, and we kind of get numb to it after a while. But at the same time, we see it episode after episode. <laughs> and, but, you know, he's, he's, he's searching. He wants to be somebody, and here's another thing he thinks will help him figure out who he is. Yeah. Well, can we... Fast forward to the debate. We can. There, because with Alvin and Corey. Slim pickings indeed. Ah, uh, yes. But uh, as it turns out, it's not just Alvin and Corey. Uh, technically, we never closed the nomination process. And so, as of just now, there's a new candidate for president. Oh, good. Perhaps a serious-minded student, appalled by the tawdry level of the campaign thus far. Sean Hunter. I quit. <laughs> Sean has decided to throw his hat in the ring, what he should have done from the beginning. And, uh, I okay, just <laughs> let's stop there. Stop there, Brad, because literally Sean should have ran for president. Sean is popular. Sean would have won. Yes. <laughs> like, I think Sean wanted to, but instead of him just doing it, he had Corey do it. And it's just. He probably would have been more happier if he would have gone for it. Corey would have supported him, you know, and given the two of them something to do after school besides mm -hmm. mess with Eric's girlfriends. Yeah, true. So, well, we get to the debate and the two guys go back and forth. They and do. With honestly, goodness, Brett, big honking ideas. The, <laughs> they get to the point where they convince Alvin to drop out. And then the two of them, they decide to drop out, too. Now, no one's running for crass president. And you may say, Brett, why are you trying to skip through this so quick, Tyler? Because that's all that happens, because episode has to episode. And I don't understand what the point of this episode is. Can he do this? I don't see why not. Democracy is always I'll be quiet. <laughs> How far are you willing to let this go? I have faith in these students and the electoral process, and maybe just another minute. Right. There's no rules, Brett. There's <laughs> none. No rules. Why? <sighs> Mr. I, I have in my notes here, Mr. Feeney has absolutely no control over this debate at all, and he's the one moderating. This is a clear violation of episode has to episode has to episode for what for an end joke at the end of this episode that's what i'm convinced at this point brett is just another episode so that way Corey and sean can prove their best friends and they'll give topanga a win out of nowhere because hey topanga's in this episode for three minutes but she's yep. at the end <laughs> yeah uh, it's you know I'm gonna say I'm angry. I'm angry at this point, Brett. That's what I am. I'm angry because literally 
Alvin drops out. Corey drops out. Sean drops out. Who's left? There's no president until Topanga steps up. Exactly. Topanga steps up. She lists uh, the exact same campaign promises that Corey should have made from the beginning that he wanted to make from the beginning. And of course, promises a water slide in front of Turner and Feeney. And yeah, uh, but again, Topanga should have originally ran because Topanga would get it. Yes. Topanga didn't need to promise anything. Topanga, all she did was say, I'll actually do stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what I'll do. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the writers really missed a, an opportunity with not having Topanga feature more prominently as a, as a legitimate candidate. And, and how, okay, real quick, just how interesting would it have been if Corey and Topanga would have had to almost fling poo at each other in a way, like, <laughs> you know, what if Topanga, had actually thrown some shade towards Corey. What if Corey threw shade towards Sapanga? Like, it almost felt like they wanted a old Minkus versus Corey episode, but Alvin's not Minkus. Yeah, Minkus has been written out. You can't do that. <laughs> right, you can't do an episode like that, so let it be Topanga. Although we don't know who Topanga is at the moment, because this it doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> I didn't realize how angry I am with this episode, Brett, but I'm angry. I am Uh, furious. I see that. (laughs) There's okay. Hold on. Again, there's there's no B story, so there's no nothing that Eric is doing. It's Mm -hmm. just he walks in, he says a few things to Corey. There's no. Uh, Alan storyline. So he walks in. He says a thing to Corey. I don't even think. No, Amy's in this episode for like three seconds. She walks in. She mm-hmm. says something to Corey. And then flipping Turner and Feeney, they're all wrapped up in this thing. They just want to know is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Guess what? They've done that before a whole lot better. So what is the point of this episode, Brett? What is it? What is it, Brett? Do you know? Because I don't. What'd you learn, Brett? I don't think I learned anything. <laughs> I think I've lost it. I think I've lost it. I think you have. <laughs> I'll let you talk. Go ahead and talk. Good looking people. Let, let me uh, let me attempt to, to calm things down here. Good looking people. <laughs> Corey has finally found some answer this writer was not very good there there really isn't much of a good point to this episode the moral of the episode is is exactly what's given away in the first 10 seconds of the episode Corey's trying to find himself and he finds himself exactly back where he was there's no growth there's no advancement of his story everyone who's there to help him advance and move along winds up in exactly the same place they were at the beginning there's there's nothing to learn about the electoral process turner lucks out at the end feeney is nothing more than a comedic foil topanga who is at this point up to this point has been largely presented as a maturing uh young woman largely could have been a legitimate candidate and a legitimate foil to Corey through the process and even helped him as iron sharpens iron and was a throwaway gag. And we're left with no growth from beginning to end of the episode. The episode could be jettisoned from the entire series and nothing would change. And so I'm going to lost myself as well. There, There's nothing... Nothing there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just yep. not as not as angry. <laughs> so, so the nail in the coffin, Brett, mm-hmm. is this end tag about <laughs> promises that you know were made, not kept. And Amy talks about Paris and how Alan promised to take her to Paris, and he never did. And he goes, "Yes, I promised, and I'm going to make that up this year, and we're going to Paris this you summer. And I. Book the tickets." <laughs> Yeah. Now, I have a slight pet peeve about this because there's a very special, very good episode about their anniversary that we'll run into next season where they talk about 
backpacking through Europe. <laughs> and Paris is part of France, which is a part of Europe. So if you're going to Europe, why wouldn't you go to France? What's the point? Now, now, now friends, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they went to everywhere in, in in Europe, you could go to in the nineties, except for Paris. But my guess is that Amy really wanted to go there, and you know what Alan would have done? He would have taken the train from literally anywhere in Europe, and could have gotten there in a few hours. So, dear viewers, again I ask, as quietly. Calm as I can without waking up my family. What is the point of this episode? And good looking people, I tell you, there's not a good point to this episode. Other than to model that this is a pretty much how the American political system works this day. <laughs> Sadly. So um that that was this episode. Uh so Tyler, um, Let's let's uh, hear some of your deep dives. <laughs> people, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So a class president, dear viewers, is also known as a class representative. He's usually a leader of the student body class and presides over class cabinet or organized by the student council. Each grade uh, selects a class president, and that person serves on those groups. And they do simple things like dances and assist schools with, you know, different activities and helps with is a voice for the students and, and helps the things like prom. You know, the most important one is the senior class president, because the senior class president uh, will be the person that will end up planning and overseeing things like class reunions. And uh, so the one that you really got to be careful how you vote is senior class president. And I have feelings about that for the people that we elected. But, you know, I don't I, we don't have time for that right now. You know, something interesting happened in the 90s, and that is there was an increase in spending. From 1990 to 1992, there was a 52% jump in spending for candidates in Congress. And uh, there's also charts out there, you can find them, where basically it shows as time has progressed from the 80s to now, there's just nothing but just a bunch of cash constantly being dumped into politics. Uh, there's uh, lots of reasons, different uh, laws and different rulings by Supreme Court that has allowed that to be the case. But basically, that's why, you know, twice a year, sometimes three times a year, sometimes four times a year. Basically, that's why anytime there's an election, there's nothing but ads that are all over the place and annoy you. And drive you crazy and makes you wonder who is this for why are we doing this now friends the real core problem in this episode is is cooties and how these cooties can make people feel icky so let me explain to you what uh, cooties actually are here we go cooties is an imaginary contagious disease thought of especially as being passed between boys and girls so essentially it's not real so someone could think that the boy or girl is icky, but if it's stemming from fear of cooties, it is not a thing. Now, the last thing I want to tell you about, because I did find stuff about more specific laws and whatnot, but instead of that, I want to uh, inform everyone that there is a book. Uh, it's a children's book. It's called Parks and Recreation, Leslie for Class President. And simply, it's about Leslie running for class president, her making promises, and, and how does she handle those promises that she's made. Now, it's a book I bought for my child. My wife and I bought it. We love it. He loves this book. I highly, highly recommend if you'd like to, you know, do a basic introduction of what running for office is like. It, they do a much better job than what this one does of explaining, you know, systems. And some certain wordings that come up in politics. So if you like Parks and Rec, if you also like kids books and if you like uh, silly books and has a little bit of good stuff in it, this is a good book for that. Good deal. Vast emotional damage. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? 
So should I ask you what you learned this week, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, uh, what I learned this week is that sometimes episode has to episode is too much. <laughs> and sometimes we can focus too. Okay. Uh, in all honesty, Corey's trying to figure out who he is and how does he fits in. And the thing that everyone needs to know, and it's something that I, you know, have to remind myself every now and then is don't allow other people to define who you are. You need to spend time with yourself. You need to spend time with the people that love you and understand who you are. You know, spending time alone, meditation, all those type of things, spending time in a book, um, you know, all those type of things are good and, and finding out who you are. Because don't let the people around you, especially your high school or your job or, or or anything else besides the core of you, your family, even some friends, you know, be who you are and don't try to be anybody else. What did you learn, Brett? Well, I'm going to go a little meta with mine. Um, in 30 years, storytelling has changed very little when it comes to getting yourself sucked into lies. Because sitting here, I see a lot of Corey trying to be class president in Evan Hansen trying to escape from under his mountain of lies, he told. Both of them wind up being pariahs in the end and both of them encounter pretty much the same amount of uh, consequences for the damage they've done granted different kind of damage but yeah storytelling continues to be just as uh just about the same same type of storytelling yeah <laughs> yeah so uh tyler if i press you for a grade on this one what would you give uh, I Am Not a Crook? Well, you didn't give our little intro. Oh, well, let me see. You are worth every inch of that C plus I gave you in math. Uh, I'm going to institute a new rule for us, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this episode a grade. I never thought I was going to give an episode, but you know what? <laughs> I... Especially sitting here as a dad, I fully believe this episode is worth this grade. And, and with the grade I'm going to give it, I feel like I'm required to boost this episode with a dad joke. Okay. So I'll give you the grade and I'll tell you my dad joke because I feel <laughs> like it's warranted. Uh, I'm giving this episode an F. Uh, you know, I... I know I was yelling and all, and part of that was to be dramatic, and also I'm tired. But in all honesty, I'm <laughs> I am angry. Like there's <laughs> nothing really of worth in this episode, and it does break my heart that I have to give this grade. But you know, this is this is an episode that traditionally I skip because I've never really particularly enjoy this episode i never really had a problem with it but you know the older i get the more i'm like i don't have time for an episode like this um and it's one i could care less if my son ever watches or any of my children so yeah i'm giving it enough and i i hate myself for it but here's the dad joke to make up for that grade <laughs> so here we go uh brett oh you jerk not you <laughs> Oh, there it is. Um, so, pretend like you're... Uh, anyway, my kid says to me, Dad, can you put the cat out? I said, I didn't know it was on fire. <laughs> I do enjoy that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, what grade would you give this episode? Uh, well, you know, it's... There's there's not a lot of value in this one. You know, Alan's Alan's talk with Corey is pretty much the high point. And between that and some of the jokes that 
Eric and Sean do make, they're just not enough. This this episode is a failure, and it's it's enough for me as well. So not only is it the first time either one of us has given an episode an F, it is the first time we've given an F on the same episode. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is Alan gives him good advice, but it's not even where Corey is able to really sit and, and deal with this. He is still trying to ignore the advice he was given. It's, He's Nothing still... about this episode makes sense into the character of who these guys are. Yeah, every character, pretty much every character is relegated to background noise beyond Sean and Corey. And then they come in for a drive-by. Alan's advice is solid advice. Corey does not actively wrestle with it. And it's almost as if it didn't even take place because the next day at the debate, he's still trying to act as if he never did anything wrong. I, I'm sure I don't, don't know anything about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, even that is lost because as solid as it was and as great a moment as it is in the episode, it's as if it never happened. Right. Well, and even after all the guys drop out, Topanga steps up and does literally exactly the same thing he does. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it almost feels like the writers of the show were just taking a jab at politics in general. And instead of treating it like what it should be of class politics, they just treat it as let's just make fun of the whole pol- political system. Yeah. Instead of taking a, an opportunity to really dive in and teach something and show an opportunity for real growth, it was just an opportunity to, to poke fun and make jokes. Yeah, I knew it all work out. <laughs> Do you realize how lucky you are? Yes, sir. Very lucky. Right. Well, that's, oh, oh, that's the other thing is that like, the teachers have nothing in this episode of actual value either. And that's so disappointing. At no point does Feeney directly say anything to Corey or, or Turner say anything directly to Sean or anything to that nature. It's just, they let them off to their own devices. It's like, we've watched them have left to their own devices episodes and they went so much better, but then they actually had a talking to afterwards. Like Mm -hmm. there almost should have been a speech where Turner got up or Feeney got up and said, just because you see this on TV, you see these political ads doesn't mean you have to sink this low. Mm -hmm. Your generation needs to be better. None of that happens. There's no teachable true moments other than the stuff we just pulled out of our took us. But like, uh, you know, it's like they fell asleep at the wheel for this episode. Yep. And it breaks my heart. I, I am, I'm angry, but I'm also sad at this point, Brett, because this is the show is so much better than this. Yep. I'm angry, but more so I'm disappointed. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, good That's the best people. dad response we can have right now. <laughs> it is good looking people. So I don't send you out on a bummer. I do have another dad joke for you. So we got Tyler's bonus and we've got my dad joke for you. So Tyler, why could the green, why could not the green pepper practice archery? Why couldn't the green pepper practice archery? Hmm. No clue. Because it didn't have an arrow. very nice (laughs) and so good looking people we leave you for another week hopefully you enjoyed our rantings and ravings of a couple of get off my lawn old men hey are you angry about this episode too like us because if you're angry too let us hear about it because it's okay if you're disappointed by your favorite show every now and then yeah and if you want to engage with us and tell us how we're wrong we'd love to hear you anyway Right. Tell us that they did this episode perfectly and that we were wrong for this. Yeah. Engage with us. We'd love to talk with you more. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Dad's Meat World. Uh, you can email us at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Dad's Meat World. Yeah. So, Tyler, I believe next week we're going to have some special guests with us. 
Yes, we will have special guests, and I think we're going to have a much better conversation, too. I think so, too. And good-looking people, there's still a few days left to get your uh, Sharks of John Adams High shirts, stickers, and magnets left to yes. be able to support uh, Emma's Footprints. Yep. They look really good. I'm so excited. I, As of recording, I have not gotten them yet, but they should be here. So hopefully by the time this is airing, I've already gotten them. I've already posted them online. I'm so excited. <laughs> Join me in this excitement. Get your own. And then let the, let the world know of the Daz Meat World uh, <laughs> sharks. That's right. DazMeatWorld.Threadless.com. They'll be on sale through the end of May. All proceeds benefit MS Footprints. So, yes. And hey, if you think I'm angry and you want to squelch that anger, get a shirt. That'll definitely make me feel better on, <laughs> on the day that this is being released. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so until next time, Tyler, I'll see you, Pod Daddy. I'll see you. Hopefully uh, we're both happier next time. <laughs> you can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story. 